0: Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast, where we believe that nobody drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and thank you for coming back for part two in a two-part series about how we should, as leaders, approach a multi-generational workforce, something that we've never seen before. Now, if you didn't check out part one of the conversation, I'd encourage you to pause this episode and go back to last week's, where the groundwork was laid with definitions and descriptors of these five different generations that are currently present in the workplace. That information is gonna be really important for today because today is where we're gonna pick back up and start to apply the lessons from last week. So let's just jump in. Here is part two of my conversation with Dr. Terry McGovern.
1: When we talk about leadership, most of today's um, empirically backed leadership theories uh, will have self-awareness and social awareness mm. at their heart. The, mm-hmm. the transformational theory we talked about, the emotional intelligence theory, authentic leadership. There's lots of models out there. And so in this class, I have the students do, um, and anybody can do this. You can go to Harvard's Implicit Association Test, and they have a test on there where they will we'll show you a series of pictures of older and younger people. You respond to them and at the end of it it's going to give you an indicator of whether you prefer you know who do you prefer older people younger people and and that can give you a little bit of awareness mm-hmm. in terms of okay this is maybe where where i'm i'm leaning with this but but this idea that once we become self-aware that can help us make better decisions more equitable fair decisions. socially aware that's why we study the characteristics so one of the things i have the students do is they look at the major events that like a boomer uh, an 11 year old to 18 year old boomer would have witnessed growing up what was playing in music what was happening uh, in world events what, what was happening within the family so so having this understanding is is one way we can overcome negative stereotypes Uh, Another way is there's a hypothesis called the contact hypothesis. And this is where we actually um, have conversations. And, you you know, sometimes I think people, they believe that, well, I work with different generations all the time. So I have lots of contact with Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. But you don't have focused contact where you sit down and say, okay, one of the exercises we go through in the class is called uh, in your world discussions. And so we'll take some of these things like, Um, I would give you a sheet of paper and on it, it would say, in your world, what does a good worker look like? In your world, what does work look like, right? And what you'll find is different interpretations. We all think work is similar. However, a baby boomer will think of work predominantly as a place you go to Mm -hmm. because that's what they grew up with. You always went to work, right? Whereas Xers, especially younger Xers and millennials, will think of work as an activity that you do regardless of place. And so here again, you Mm. can have, you know, these friction points. So so it's useful to engage in that focused dialogue around some of these topics, even even asking, you know, what's a meeting? Um, And I would submit even maybe Xers and millennials will think of a meeting as a bunch of people around a table. Uh But if you ask a Gen Z, don't be surprised if they think it's a bunch of people on a video conference. Okay. And yeah. and I've actually seen this in, in, a, in a book I read recently. There's a, a conversation about a Gen Z setting up an interview. And the Gen Z asks, okay, uh, are you going to send me the link to the interview? <laughs> you know, they're thinking first, sure. why would I go to your office to do this when we can just do it over yeah. uh, the internet? So. So having those focused conversations can be a terrific way to gain better understanding about the people that you work with that you might not know that well.
0: So crank up the magnifying uh, just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And um, in the same vein of leadership, two different scenarios. Okay, so scenario one, you've got a millennial leader positionally um, with five direct reports, all of which are around their parents' age. So what are some practical ideas or steps that you would suggest for this millennial leader? So
1: context always matters. And, uh, you know, the two favorite words of any academic is it, it depends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so but, but a general rule, one general rule when you're managing someone older than you is to respect their experiences and, and be open to maybe what, what we would consider reverse mentoring. Um, to you know, be able to lean on them sometimes if you need some background or hey, have you seen this before? How was this handled? We want committed and engaged employees, mm-hmm. and so if we have you know a member on our team that has some years behind them, and we just ignore them or we don't leverage that, that might be taken as offensive. Um, so, so that's definitely uh, one way to think about it. Again, it, it, it does depend, um, but for that scenario, that, that's how I would think. The idea okay. of mentoring as well as the idea of thinking about their experiences. And, of course, then the other piece to all this is understanding where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to release a new policy or you're thinking about changing a policy, um, like remote work is, is a one. I, I've seen boomers that they're not comfortable with remote work mm-hmm. because, again, work to them. For, for a lot of boomers, there's a lot of their ego tied into their work. So they like having a place to go to. That's where they can socialize. And, and I've actually, when I was in D.C., the, the university I was at implemented a, a uh, remote work policy. And very few of the boomers at that time took advantage of it. Hmm. Um, I, I, and I, I clearly remember um, some of them would scoff that when you're at home, you're not really doing work. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which I, I thought was, was interesting because I always felt like I got more work done at home sure.
0: because I didn't have people coming in to socialize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if we flip that scenario, now we've got the, the baby boomer, who's the positional leader with five direct reports, all of which... Uh, are around their kid's age. So building trust from the baby boomer to the millennial direct reports. So as a a boomer,
1: um, one of the first things you have to do is reserve judgment. Mm -hmm. And Younger generations, remember last fall we had the "Okay Boomer" mm-hmm. uh, meme mm-hmm. that, that started up. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember. That. <laughs> younger generations criticizing older generations. Yes. Older generation. This goes back to ancient times. Yeah. They, they've actually found uh, in Roman times journals where you know old people are complaining about the young and the young. Yeah.
0: So, so this is nothing new. So we to, shouldn't say things like "That's the problem with your generation." Right, right.
1: <laughs> right. Well, and, and and I do caution the students that before they criticize another generation. Generation, they should be aware that had they grown up during the same time period, mm-hmm. many of the attitudes, many mm-hmm. of the norms, they would have them. So an age is an interesting class, unlike some of the other classes that, that we experience, uh, such as race or gender. or um, And if you think of some of the isms, racism, sexism, et cetera, um, ageism is a little bit different because we're all going to get old someday. Right. We've all been young someday. So, so this is an issue that, that affects everyone. So the first thing I would tell a boomer is reserve judgment, mm-hmm. because had you grown up. And the second thing I tell them for millennials is don't be surprised if they need a lot of structure early on in their careers. Yes. And there's a couple of reasons for this. One, they grew up with structure. This mm-hmm. is a generation that was constantly being coached. And don't be surprised if they need a lot of uh, feedback or, or, you know, a lot of check-ins. And again, that comes with that constant coaching. The other thing with, with the millennials to bear in mind is don't assume that in, in Gen Z that they come into the workplace with some what we would assume to be basic um, workplace, you know, norm, such as showing up on time, mm-hmm. uh, maybe staying a little late. Because if you look at the, the types of work experiences boomers had, just in terms of a percentage, lots of boomers worked when they were teenagers. It's not so much the case with the millennials and Gen Z. And, and I can share an example. My wife and I were going on a trip, and we were going to be gone for a week, and I asked a neighbor if his 17-year-old son could mow the yard for us while the, we were gone. And the, the neighbor Looked at me and he smiled and he says, "You know, I don't think my son even knows how to start a lawnmower." Oh man! And and I I just you know I said, "Well, why is that?" And he yeah. said, "Well, he's doing soccer. He's on a travel soccer oh, team. Sure, okay. He's gone all summer. Yeah. He's just never around. To he's never had to mow you because yeah. right? he's never here." So so that's just one example that you know you would think. I assume that everybody knows how to run a lawnmower, but well, it's yeah, a my false assumption.
0: right away when I started kind of chuckling a little bit like, "Oh man." casting judgment. Yeah. I wasn't thinking, oh, these kids probably busy with soccer. I was thinking I knew how to work a lawnmower. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was just, but right then I was guilty of it. So that's a great, that's a great piece of advice of suspending judgment and then putting yourself in the scenario of you would probably respond the same way had you grown up in that time frame. I'm wondering, are we then saying, are you then saying or inferring that the good old days don't actually exist? Or are we just kind of foggy when we look back in time, like everything's leave it to beaver when it really wasn't?
1: Well, I think I think maybe a better way to think about it is your good old days are still there, ah, but your good old days are not my good old days. That's good. Uh, a that's good a, example of this would be child rearing. Okay. Okay, so... As an Xer, uh, when I grew up, corporal punishment was still widely practiced. Mm-hmm. And this included teachers mm-hmm. that would engage in corporal punishment. It included parents um, that weren't your own parents yeah. that might reach yeah. out and give you a whack yeah. to uh, yeah. you know, put you back on, on the right path. Of course, now we've come a lot farther and we realize that violence against children is probably not a good way to raise them. Sure, But just imagine how this is different then. For a Gen Z growing up today, compared to a Boomer or uh, an Xer, mm-hmm. um, in this very fundamental thing of child rearing, and if you don't think that that doesn't have you know result in different outcomes, sure, uh, you're, you're fooling yourself. Right. So, so the good old days, you know, a Boomer or an Xer talking about um, you know experiences they had where where being disciplined by a teacher. For the Zs a lot of times, they just, it sounds like you know, we were knuckle-dragging Neanderthals because <laughs> they look at us and they're like, what sure. were you people doing back right. then? Yeah. Um, so, so I think that that's probably a better way to think yeah, about it is, it's good. Um, it, and, and I've seen this. In, in the class, uh, one of the assignments is the students have to interview somebody from a different generation. So somebody 20 years older or younger. And I'll never forget, I, I had a, a very young millennial interviewing a boomer and, and the camera was on both of them. And the boomer, uh, a female, was talking about being pregnant in the 60s and smoking and drinking during pregnancy. And the millennial just had this you know, shocked, horrific look on her face. And the boomer looks over and she says, "Well, honey, we didn't even have seatbelts back then." And the the, <laughs> the whole frame of reference. Yeah, the like, millennials said, "Well, how'd you get the baby home?" And she said, "Well, I put it in my lap, and we drove home." <laughs> um, so, so yeah, this this whole idea of you know what your good old days look like and what mine look like, yeah. and and that's what what causes these gaps.
0: That is so helpful. That is so helpful. So, um, I wish we could just keep going, and maybe we'll just. If you've got time and, you know, a couple of months or something, maybe we'll do this again and we'll just, you know, expand on it because there's so much more here. Uh, sure. But what resources would you recommend uh, for people to look
1: into? So the Pew Research Center, okay. they have a terrific webpage on aging and generations, lots right. of good resources there. Um, Tammy Erickson from Harvard, she has uh, written a number of books about the different generations that are worth um, Neil Howell and William Strauss, the, these are the two gentlemen that developed the generational cohort theory, okay. uh, and they have some seminal text, um, like The Fourth Turning is one of their more popular books. Yeah, and there's also a number of corporate uh, studies done, not just corporate, but government studies mm-hmm. as well. Um, these really became popular as millennials started entering the workforce. and and. One of the other reasons we need to pay attention to this is the labor force is tightening. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to get any better because the population uh, has continued to get smaller. You you have, you know, in the 50s, four kids in a family is pretty normal. Um, today, the, the average one or two kids, it's just much, much smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you want to retain and attract talent, um, you really have to be tuned into mm-hmm. where they're coming from. Uh, because there's going to be lots of opportunities. And, and this is one of the, the characteristics of the millennials to job hop, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so being able to understand different generations will be a boon if you hope
0: to keep and, and get them committed and engaged to your company. It's so, so helpful. Thank you so much for not just uh, being available for this interview, but being committed to teaching this in the university level. Cause I think there is even something uh, very sweet about that, that you are putting in the effort for the folks that are coming behind you and I. Thanks again for the time, Terry. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. Okay. So takeaway and action item for the takeaway. This topic spans so much more than just work. It hits, it hits family free time, work-life balance thing, and how we're supposed to hit a common goal with several different priorities at play. But we all have responsibility to help bridge those gaps that Terry talked about. Now, the action item, it's its a lot. It's multifaceted for the action item. So get ready for that. Here it is. Pause. Ask more questions. Don't cast judgment right away. Now, here's a couple of things that I'd and going with for the action item. It could be that they were coached and that's why they're looking for more consistent feedback. Millennials. Or it could be that they value face to face for important conversations over an email. Boomers. And it doesn't mean that you're lacking value if you're not transitioning very well to this whole remote working environment. Pause ask more questions. Don't cast judgment. Well, if you've gotten value from this episode, I would ask that you pass it along to someone else. And even more importantly than that, apply it because this is some thick content that we're all experiencing right now. And we really appreciate all of the reviews and uh, five-star ratings that we've gotten. I would encourage you, if you haven't done so, uh, do it now. Go to whatever app you're listening to, figure out, do a couple clicks, and then write a review for us and give us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this. And we appreciate you taking time. You can listen to like a bajillion different podcasts. Thanks for taking time to spend a few minutes with us. If you want to connect with us, you can shoot an email over to impactpodcast at ccbtechnology.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Just search Steve Shear. And from all of us here at CCB, thanks for listening.